Well, good morning. It's so glad to see all you here in person. Um, I've been doing ministry here uh, all through Zoom and some of it on Sunday mornings. But I love Zoom. Technology is great. But man, am I over it. <laughs> it is so difficult doing ministry online, especially youth ministry, because it's all about relationships. And it's very, very hard to connect with my students um, through a screen. And I'm just so glad to see you guys here. This is a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm sure you all needed it, but I really needed this. And I'm so thankful that you guys are here. And to those watching online, um, we look forward to seeing you one day. But today we are in our third week of our new series called Hashtag God Cares. And since there's a hashtag there, that means it's young and hipster because everything's all about hashtags today. But we are looking at our relationship with God and saying, hey, does God actually care about me as a Christian? Or is this life all about me just following this sergeant, just going into what he has for me? And there's no relationship here. And we've been seeing that it's actually the quite opposite of that. that God loves you. God cares about us. God cares about every single need that we have in our life. And it's been great learning that. And last week, I think Matt talked about a really important point. He talked about God being in our valleys. And sometimes it's very difficult for you and I to, to think, especially in those moments, because sometimes we can be in very, very deep valleys. And, and some of us may experience things a little bit differently than others. But sometimes it's really difficult in this dark time to say, yeah, you know, I, I have a God that cares about me. Because when you look around, everything else points in the opposite direction. Things don't feel as if there's someone with you in that moment and things aren't going your way or you hear maybe the diagnosis from a family member or yourself that you didn't want to hear. Your finances are low. Your, your marriage is struggling. Your relationship with your, your, you know, your son or daughter is tough right now. And you go, man, I'm in this valley. Does God care? And, and Matt looked at scripture and we saw that, yes, even though it doesn't feel like it, God does care. God is there with you in your darkest times. God is with you in those times. And I am so glad that we have a God that's there with us because sometimes what the world throws at us can be very difficult to deal with. And if we didn't have the God of the Bible to go through it, I don't know how some of us would make it out. I don't know how I would deal with stuff. So it was very encouraging to hear that. And we move forward into this third week of our series called God Cares. What we are looking at is letting God take care of our needs. And, and maybe for some of us, that's a hard topic or a hard thing to think about because we like taking care of our needs. We like to have control. We like to have things ultimately in our hands that we get to shape, that we get to mold, and that we get to control. But when we look at this verse, um, Psalm 23 in this chapter, we see that it's actually the opposite, that God is the one who's in control. And when I uh, was given this um, sermon to preach, I saw it was Psalm 23, and I go, almost every Christian knows it. And I can, I'm going to be honest. The only reason why I know this, this chapter right here is because when I was in kids' ministry, um, we would get rewards for memorizing Bible verses. And most of us are familiar with like, okay, you get like those really cool like sticky hands that you like throw and it reaches out and it hits your friend. You're like, ha that's fun. Or a little poppet that you like push in, you put on the table and you kind of like back up and it goes... You're like, oh, that's great. Like, you're familiar with those kind of things. But at my church where I grew up, we had this couple that kind of led um, the ministry. And what they would give us was Knott's tickets to Knott's Berry Farm. So every kid in the ministry was memorizing the book. Um, every kid would come to church and can, you know, re recite back the whole book of Genesis because we're going to Knott's, we're going to Disneyland. And to be honest, the only reason why I actually know this chapter is because of that, because of that which is a shame, but God is forgiving me. But when I, when I read this and I was heard that, I was given this, I go, there's usually two like thoughts that come into mind when we hear this chapter. 
we think of that, you know, kind of growing up in kids' ministry, growing up at church, it's kind of like that verse that everybody knows. Or it's the opposite to where you're watching a scary movie, right? And it happens to be like that, like young, innocent, like child who's just hiding and it's like under the bed and like they hear the footsteps of the monster or the kidnapper, whatever, right? And then they go, oh my gosh, that verse. And they close their eyes and they start reciting this verse. And then for some reason, like the, the verse like happens to work this magic where the bad guy looks everywhere, but all like under the most obvious spot, just look under the bed and walks out. And the character's like, yes, that verse worked. God's a genie. It's great. And what I want to do is not look at this verse in that kind of light that we only say it because it's kind of like this religious thing to do because we get not spray form tickets or we say it when we're in a time that we're scared and we have to just say something to make us feel good about the situation. What I want us to do is actually look at this verse and particularly look at verse one. What I'm going to do is read it again, but I'm just going to kind of zone in at verse one and really see how when you and I understand that, that there's this idea of a good shepherd, that it really can change our faith, that it can really change our walk. That this isn't just something that we say, we memorize, and we kind of tuck it away. But when we truly understand what David is saying here, that is something that you go, man, this verse just like makes me understand that God's in control and I can let him meet my needs and I know that God cares. So we'll go through it again, starting in verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He, leads, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow and death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what I want to do is look at verse 1, and I want to look at one word in that verse, and that, that word is a shepherd. Now, some of us quite don't fully understand this word because we didn't grow up on a farm or we didn't grow up during the time that David wrote this. So a lot of context gets kind of missed in that word shepherd. A lot of us maybe have seen that, that really nice and comforting picture, you know, that the typical uh, person that like Christian guy has like painted and Jesus is like blonde with blue eyes and surfs. And then we have David who's like this nice shepherd. And we're like, oh, shepherd, comforting. But there's a lot of things that uh, a shepherd actually did that I think that if we don't really understand, it's hard to picture God in the same way that David wants us to see God through this verse. And a shepherd had a lot of duties. Not only did it have to watch over one of the dumbest animals on planet earth, and I know God created everything, God made things good and great, but sheep are really dumb. If, if you are someone who maybe can see somewhat um, graphic content, I don't even call it graphic, but if you want to look on YouTube, um, you can go and type sheep walking off a cliff. And um, I, I didn't look at it because I'm a Christian, but I just, I just heard it out there, you know, just scrolling through my feed. I'm like, that's interesting. Um, but there's a, a video that you can look up and there's a big cliff and you have these sheep. There's bah and just cute and fluffy. Like, and, you know, sheep one, we'll call sheep one Frank. Sheep one's just walking. He's like, oh, look at this. And sheep one falls down. Uh, sheep two come by Bill and he's like, oh, Frank one now wants to go join him. And he falls. And you see this line of sheep literally just walking to their death. And you go, what kind of animal would see, you know, its friend like, oh, sheep normally aren't red. Like what animal would see that and just like want to follow it? And sheep are just 
Really, really dumb. So the shepherd's job was really difficult because not only did it have to oversee an entire herd of, of really dumb animals, but there were a lot of other things that the shepherd had to do. One of them was had to protect their flock. And sheep being really dumb and, and just not that smart of, a, of an animal, when any kind of predator was coming towards it, it was like, okay, what do I do? I can't do anything. I just get to stand here and get eaten. So the shepherd would have to fight off animals. And, and David's very clear about this when he talked about fighting David and Goliath in, in 1 Samuel, is he talks about, man, I had to fight lions and I had to fight bears in order to protect my herd. So a, a shepherd was almost like this overseer, this watcher that would keep their flock protected, but then it had to provide a nice green pasture that their sheep want to stay on, would want to graze and eat. And in order for the sheep to get plump and healthy and to have a nice coat, it needed to be well fed. The, the, the shepherd also had to have a nice area for the sheep to drink. That it couldn't be drinking dirty water because it could get sick and get, you know, disease and infections and things like that. So the shepherd had a lot of duties that it had to oversee in order to make sure that its flock was healthy in order to make sure that the flock would be taken care of under this good shepherd. And what David wants us to do in this verse is the, he uses that word shepherd for us to think about God in the same light. Because in the same way that a shepherd had to take care of its flock, God has to take care of us, those of us who believe in him, who call him Lord and Savior, as he watches over us in the same light. See, just like a sheep who was well taken care of because they had a good shepherd, you and I, under God's care, we would look at him and say, he is our good shepherd, that God is our good shepherd. And here's the thing that's really interesting. I, when I was kind of preparing for this message, there was this book I found. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, and it was written by Philip Keller. And this guy was an actual shepherd in real life. And what he did from his, you know, 15 years of experience being a shepherd, he looked at this verse and kind of saw some things that he said, man, that actually makes like a lot of sense. Because he had a, a herd that he would take care of. And he had the best pasture. He had the cleanest waters. And he was there willing to fight for his flock. But he had a neighboring shepherd who also had another herd, who also had other sheep. And his lands were bare. There was hardly any green grass for his sheep to eat. There was hardly any clean water. He didn't take care of them. He didn't roll them over and make sure that if they have any infections or anything growing on them to take them off. He just kind of said, you know what? I'm going to let these sheep just walk around and I'm not going to care about them. And what he said in his book is that there were times when he was standing by his barbed wire fence and, you know, that he would take off in section from the other flock from his. And they would have sheep come over from his neighboring, his neighboring shepherd and they would just stare at his flock. They would just stare at his fields. And what he noticed is that those sheep, even though that they were dumb, even though that they would walk off of a cliff, go to their death, what he knew in that moment is those sheep were standing there behind that barbed wire, looking into this great field, looking into the care that he had for his sheep. And they were saying, I want to be in the hands of that shepherd. I want to be under the care of that guy because their fields are great. Their water is clean. He protects them. And David is painting that sort of imagery for you and I, because what he wants us to do is when we look at God, he wants us to understand that God is our good shepherd. He wants us to see him in that same light, that God is there taking care of our needs. God is there providing for us. And here's what happens when you and I begin to understand that he is a good shepherd. It really changes our life because what begins to happen is instead of us saying, you know, there's a lot of things around me that are uncertain, especially right now. 
Every single month, there's been something that's happened either here at home, overseas, but there's been something back to back to back, it seems like this entire year. And if we don't understand that God is our good shepherd and we're busy looking around, looking at all our circumstances and things that are happening, we begin to say, okay, what do I need to do to to make myself feel better? Because this is a very fearful time man, I know God, you're there, but this is going on. I lost my job and my financial situation is tough. God, I know you're my good shepherd, but my marriage is a little rocky right now. How do I get this under control? Yeah, God, I know you're there for me and this Psalm is great, but, but, but see, if we keep looking around and we don't have in mind that we have a good shepherd that is there taking care of us, we begin to look around and get very fearful of what is going on. But if we have God in the right mindset, if we understand that he is a good shepherd, that yes, the verse says here, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yes, I'm gonna go through some hard times here on planet earth, but my good shepherd is there. What begins to happen is we look less at what's going on around us and we begin to look up and we say, you know what? My good shepherd's there for me. Yes, yes, things are tough. Yes, Yes, things are a bit rocky. They're a bit uncertain. But you know what? My good shepherd's there and he loves me. He cares about me. And you know what? I'm fine. I'm under his care. See, when we begin to see God as being the good shepherd, what then begins to happen is we understand that our good shepherd is enough. We no longer go searching. See, that guy, Philip Keller, right, who had his flock, his sheep did not wander off from his fields because they knew they had it made. Yeah, they can look next door and see the other sheep that are probably really skinny, probably not as great with all their fur and their con, all that stuff. He would see and say, you know what? Why would I want to go over there? Because I've experienced my good shepherd's love and care for me. Why would I ever want to wander out from his fields? I have water. I have a green, beautiful pasture that I can eat. And he protects me from things that are trying to take my life. Why would I want to wander? And the same thing happens when we view God as a good shepherd, is sin becomes less attractive than how it used to look before we were Christians. See, before we followed God, we did whatever we wanted to do. We were looking for something to satisfy this hole inside of us. We were all in need of something greater than ourselves, and we were searching for it. We were doing this. Oh, my job will fulfill me. Money, success, fame will fill that hole. Relationships will fill that need for love. Whatever it may be, we were looking and looking, just like those sheep on the other side of the barbed wire fence were looking into that green pasture and saying, man, if I could only find that thing. That was us before we met Jesus, before we had God as our good shepherd. We were not, we were in need. We didn't have fulfillment. We were looking. But when we experience life through Jesus Christ, we accepted what he did for you and I on the cross, we understand that our good shepherd is enough. That yes, those same temptations could come our way and we can say, you know what? I used to fully indulge in those before I knew God, but I'm under the care of my good shepherd. I'm under the care of God. And you know what? I'm not gonna bother with that anymore. Yeah, I still have the same job and that's that temptation to make my job about me and this defines me and I feel good about myself when this is going good. But you know what? It's just a job now. It's just something God has blessed me with to be able to put food on the table for my family. It's just a place that gives me funds to be able to have a house, to be able to rent an apartment, to be able to go on vacations 
you know, once a year, whatever that may be. It's just something that provides this, but that's it. We look at our relationships and say the same thing. We go, man, before this relationship defined me, if this wasn't going good, I didn't feel good. If people didn't love me, I didn't love myself. But you know what? Now that I have a good shepherd and he loves me, that relationship now is just something that's extra. I have approval from God. I know God loves me. And that is enough for me so I can just enjoy this relationship for what it's for. So you can fill in the blank with whatever you used to chase before you knew Jesus, and it's the same outcome. That it's just there as a blessing. It's an extra. It's an add-on. It's that Knott's Berry Farm ticket, right? It's all the extra, but we're content. Our good shepherd is enough. But what I think is most important for you and I, when we understand that God is a good shepherd, is you also understand that our good shepherd cares. And this is my favorite point probably in this sermon. Because what begins to happen is not only do we understand those two things, but sometimes it's hard for us to really want to follow somebody if we don't know that they care about us. See, that's my one motto in ministry is that if I want any student to do anything, whether that's stack a chair, invite a friend, come to an event, whatever it may be, they have to know I care about them. There's no way a student is going to want to come an hour before service, want to sit down with a 28-year-old guy and hear about the Bible from you know, somebody unless they know that individual cares about them. See, that is my motto for ministry. And the same thing is for you and I, is we're not willing to give our life over to somebody unless we know they care about us. That's just how things work. And it would be hard for us to understand that God is a good shepherd if we don't understand that he cares about us. It'd be hard for us to say, man, I have all this that I want to hold on to, but I want to give it up to you. But how do I know that you actually care about me? And what's great about our good shepherd is, yes, he provides, you know, the green grass for us to graze on. He provides the waters. He provides all these things. He protects us. Yes, those are all great and beautiful things. But the biggest way that he showed us that he cares about us is on that cross. See, a good shepherd understands that he's going to have to put his life down for the, for the life of a sheep. See, most shepherds, when they lost one sheep, they would go, I got 99, there's one. You know what? A loss is a loss, but one is better than losing this entire flock. So I'll let that one go and I'll protect these 99. But then the Bible points out that Jesus cares about the one. We all know that. He talked about it. That he cares about the one that walks away. And shepherds would have heard that and said, yeah, I care for my entire flock. But if one measly sheep walks off the wrong path, goes down the wrong road, and I know there's danger there, I don't think I'm going to leave the 99, the bigger group, to go follow the one. Because if I possibly go find the one and come back and the 99 are gone, I've lost out greatly. So I'm going to protect this group. I'm still going to fight the lions. I'm still going to fight the bears. I'm going to provide the grass and the water for these. And that one, we'll just call it a loss. But our God didn't do that. See, our God loves us. He cares about us. And what he saw was humanity not pursuing him, not fully understanding that he was the good shepherd, but we're pursuing other things. They didn't understand that he is a good shepherd. They didn't understand that he was enough. And we were pursuing ourselves. We were pursuing our sin. And what our good shepherd did is he didn't look from afar and say, hey, I'm going to send another prophet to tell them they're doing wrong. Because we all knew it. 
He didn't say, I'm going to write a Bible 2.0 and remind them that they need to do more things. God didn't do that. What our good shepherd did is he saw that we were in trouble. He saw we were leaving his fields, that we were wanting other things, not having content, but just going and being in need and trying to consume as much as we could to feel better, to feel content. And what he did is he stepped down into the picture, 100% man and 100% God, and died for us. See, our good shepherd cares so much. He's not just going to provide things for us, but he's going to show us. And the promise that we have that our good shepherd is going to care for us, that we can allow God to fulfill all our needs is through the cross. That is the promise that we have in Jesus Christ. His death, his resurrection, that is the promise. He sealed it and said, hey, things can be difficult. You can walk through the valleys of shadow and death. There could be evil surrounding you. There are weird times where you begin to question your faith. You begin to question humanity. There's a lot that goes on, but I take care of you, not only because I provide things for you, but it's because what I've done on the cross for you, I've defeated sin and death. I've defeated its hold on you, that it no longer controls you, that yes, you may lose your life here on earth, but ultimately you're going to be with me in heaven forever, for eternity. And that is our good shepherd. Yes, he's a good shepherd. Yes, he's providing for us. Yes, he's doing all these great things. But more importantly, is he died on the cross for you and I. And once we fully understand that, once we fully understand our good shepherd did that, we go, man, I'm content. I'm all right despite my circumstances. I can look around and yes, things may seem scary. Things may seem out of control. They may seem as if I can't do anything to affect them. But you know what? It's in control of my God, my good shepherd. And yeah, he'll provide for me, but my promise is sealed in him on that cross. And, and so something happened this week. Um, I was on Instagram and I was scrolling through, you know, my feed where I, where I saw the sheep video, not when I actually looked it up. I don't do that. I said I'm a Christian. Um, but I was scrolling through my feed and I, and I saw a bunch of my students posting on their story uh, a picture of, of one of their friends from elementary school and, you know, they put like a broken heart on it. And I was like, oh, like, man, like, did, did he get COVID? Did something happen? So um, I, I DM'd one of the students who posted it. I was like, hey, uh, like, what's going on? Like, I saw you post a picture of your friend. Um, is he sick? What's going on? And he said, oh, he died. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, how did he pass? And he said, suicide. And my heart just dropped. Now, I, don't, I didn't know that student. I didn't, I didn't have the chance to meet him. I, I didn't have the chance to, to invite him to church and play fun games and do events like that. But what began to go through in mind is I as I heard of a, a 13, a 14-year-old kid committing suicide, what I thought was, man, how much did he need to know that we have a good shepherd? I don't know what he was going through, and I'm not going to say I understand it. I don't know what his life at home was like. I don't know how, you know, quarantine was affecting him and, and being gone from school and his friends and, and normal life. But man, whatever he was dealing with, I, I wonder if he knew he had a good shepherd no matter what circumstances were around him, I wonder if the outcome would be different. I wonder maybe if he would have just gave it one more day. I wonder if he just would have reached out to somebody and say, man, I've heard about this God who's a good shepherd. And yeah, we still face dark times, but I heard he's there for us. I wonder if the outcome would have been different. 
And what sometimes worries me is that I get distracted by all the things in my life. And I'm, I'm, newly, I'm newly married and things are going great. We have a condo in Huntington Beach and things are awesome. We're blessed. We both have jobs. I, I wonder sometimes that if, if I forget that I have a good shepherd and forget to look up and understand that he's done so much for me, that I begin to look around and get distracted by all these things that God has blessed me with. So my prayer and hope is that when we're just walking through life and whether it's a great life that we live and, and depression and things like that never come around our plate, or if it's the opposite, that maybe you're just in this room and you feel like it's a constant struggle, I hope that all of us in this room can just understand that we have a good shepherd, that we have someone that's overseeing us, who's watching out for us, who provides for us, who loves and cares you so much that he showed it on the cross over 2,000 years ago. And I hope that we can all understand to such a point where we let it move from our head to our hearts and we just say, you know what? I'm willing to live for this God. Not just check off Sunday morning, not just memorize another verse to get something, but just to get the good shepherd, to get my provider, my overseer, my father. So my prayer is that we learn that. That yes, we understand that God cares for us. More importantly, we have a life through his death and resurrection on the cross. And my prayer is that we see that, we hear it, we understand it, we will allow it to change our hearts and minds and follow Christ with everything we have. So we pray for us. Father, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for every individual God who's sitting here in this room. And I thank you, God, for those watching online. And we ask, Father, as we just go through this life, God, and recently things have been up in the air. We've been on quarantine, God. COVID-19 ceased to be on every news report and every social media feed. God, there's just a lot going on right now. We have social injustice happening in this country, God. And it's a lot. It could be overbearing. It could seem out of our control and that this world is just going into chaos. But Father, help us to remember in those times that you are a good shepherd. That God, we will walk through hard times in life. We will face difficult situations. And we may lose those around us that we love and care for most. But God, we have you as our good shepherd. That not only do you provide great blessings for us, like relationships and great financial situations, God, and a place to live and, and sunshine, God, but also that you died for us, Father. That through your death and resurrection, you seal the promise that no matter what happens here on earth, our soul is taken care of. So Father, I ask that all of us in this room, including myself and those watching online, God, that you would allow that to penetrate our minds, but most importantly, our hearts, God. That we will not fear any evil. That we will not be worried about our day-to-day -day situation, God, because we understand that we are in your care. So Father, I ask that you would just remind us on the hardest days and you remind us on the most joyful days, Father, that we have you as our good shepherd and you are there overseeing us, protecting us, and providing for us, Father. So I thank you so much for being our good shepherd. And I thank you so much that everything is in control and in your hands at the end of the day. So Father, we love you and we pray this in your holy name. Amen.